Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. So there's a season and in that season there's an activity. Some of you may know the Premier League started yesterday. It's called a season. It lasts a long time. And there's a lot of activity in that season. So we understand the football analogy. But notice what it says. Everything's under heaven. Heaven has an activity and heaven has a season. And this morning, we're going to demonstrate some of heaven's activity with a dedication and a baptism. Because heaven all the time is working for us. And we're working for heaven. Amen? And one of the greatest examples of heaven working was when Jesus himself was baptized. You would think, why would the Son of God need to be baptized? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Mark chapter 1 verse 9, it says, at that time, so that's the time. Now we're going to see the activity. Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Now we can't supply the Jordan for you today. We can't even supply John. We've got a Phil and we've got a Chris. We haven't got a John. But we've got some activity going to take place later. As Jesus was coming up out of the water. So Rachel, there's good news there. You can come out the water. As Jesus was coming up out of the water. Guess what he saw? He saw heaven being torn open. Activity. And the spirit descending upon him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. And with you, I am well pleased. And at once the Spirit sent him out into the desert. Now I can't guarantee this morning that you're gonna, the heavens are going to be torn open when Rachel comes out the water. I can't guarantee she's going to hear a voice saying, you are my daughter. But I can guarantee that heaven is smiling and witnessing on what she's going to do. I can't guarantee that baby Danielle is going to hear the voice of God this morning. But I can guarantee that heaven is smiling because it's the time under heaven, this season and this activity to take place. See, church, church wants to make, do a lot of activity, but it's not always under heaven. We've got to make sure we're doing the right things. When heaven's moving, we have to be doing the things that heaven's doing. So our activity mirrors and sinks in with the activity under heaven. And when we're doing biblical things, heaven is smiling. A baptism is Bible. A dedication is Bible. So we know we're, we're, in, we're under the will of God, we're in the timing of God, we're in the season of God. There's a time for dedication. Hello? There's a time for a dedication. There's a time for a baptism. So we know that we're in sync with what the Bible's talking about. We're not just doing it willy-nilly. Albeit we might arrange a date and think, we might think that because we've arranged a date, we're just doing it. No, no, no. We're actually doing it because we believe God wants it. And he said it. So what we've got to do is get in line with what heaven's saying. And then we find that we too come under heaven. Amen? Jesus had a very, very powerful encounter when he did the will of his father. This morning, I guarantee Rachel's life will have a very, very powerful encounter. And so will baby Danielle's because they're doing what heaven's asking. I know when I got baptized, it was a, it was a very, very defining moment for me. I knew that once I'd gone through those waters, 
My life was never going to be the same again. It was almost like I was saying, well, not almost, like I was. I was saying goodbye to the past, hello to the future. The future's today. That sounds like some mobile kind of strap line there, don't it? The future today. But when I got baptized, that's exactly what it was. It was my future today. Because as I went under the water and came out of the water, to some people, what's the worst thing can happen when you get baptized and you don't believe? You just get wet. That's the worst thing. But what's the best thing can happen? When you understand it, your life will change. Your life will change. If you understand what you're doing it and why you're doing it, then your life will change because it's the right time to do it. But if not, it's just, you're just a man going for a swim. It's as simple as that. Nothing changed. You got wet. You got dry. You had something to eat. Wonderful. But nothing changed. And Jesus said, he heard the words of his father saying, I am well pleased. So when you do the things of God, you hear the father saying, son, daughter, I am well pleased. I'm well pleased that you're bringing your children, you're doing the right things for children as in Danielle. When my child as in Rachel comes and she says, I've thought this thing through. This is what I want to do. God says, I am well pleased with your choices and your decisions. Now, mom and dad are making the choice for Danielle, but there'll come a time when she's ready. And when she makes her choice, she too will jump in the water. But for now, mom and dad will dedicate and promise to bring the baby up in the way. So when that child and that teaching is finished, Danielle will come to a point, just like Rachel's done, and she'll say, now it's my time to be baptized. Because there's always a time and a season for every activity under heaven. When it's the right, when it's the right activity, it's the right time. Amen? So we're celebrating these births today. Two new births. Completely different. But two new births. As Daniel steps it, 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 uh, as we lay hands on her later on, and we pray... The word that we pray over her will become a seed. It's up to mum and dad then to keep watering that seed. And as Rachel goes through the waters and comes out the waters, she's now beginning to take on a new life. It's a defining day. It's a defining day. Because as this child grows up and she develops a stubborn nature, as most children do, and as she makes choices different from mum and dad, she's not going to, we're not raising an angel. She might be mum and dad's little princess, but she won't always be an angel. Do you know what I mean by that, don't you? But when that child grows up and she's doing things that mum and dad are not approved of, mum and dad, all they've got is the word that has been spoken over all those years. The teachings, call her back in prayer. That's what holds her. The things that have been pronounced over her life, the things that have been sown into the spirit realm, that's what keeps the destiny on track. Everybody needs someone to fight for them. Many of us don't know how we got here. We don't know if there's a great, 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 great grandma, a great, great, great grandfather praying for you. And then all of a sudden, one day, you come into a church, you hear this message, the same message that he heard, she heard many years ago, the same message that caused them to get on their knees and pray for you. But you didn't know. They never told you. 
And then one day, you find this saviour that they found. And though they're not allowed to know this, God has heard their prayers. We are here because of many, many other people prayed for us. And we say, well, I don't believe in prayer. Who are? I do. Your opinion doesn't dilute, denounce my faith. You can have all the doubt you want in the world, but I've got faith. So I can show you what my God does. You've just got an opinion. Who are? You know, Thursday, last Thursday, I opened uh, the pool here. And they had, they had two heating engineers looking at we're having some work done. And the inevitable question comes out. What are you doing? Said, so, well, well, we're going to have a dedication on Sunday and we're going to have a, a baptism. Is a baptism the same as a christening? No. Well, what does that mean? So I was able for 25 minutes, listen, it gets better, for 25 minutes inside here on my own turf, not having to force anything, it was like taking candy from a baby, oh, feeding candy to a baby. And they were asking me, and then I got him in a role play. I had one as the sinner, one as the saviour, and they're in a role play. And he's brilliant. I'm using him, I'm thinking, this is awesome. It's a pity I can't film this. Right? And I'm, I'm using it as a role play, and I use the illustration of Windows and an Apple Mac. Windows as a virus. But they understood this. They understood this. And I'll say, who wants to be Windows? I'll be Windows. Okay. Who wants to be Mac? I'll be Mac. And I'm using the illustration of virus. How you've got a virus. It's called sin. Sin will kill you. But Mac doesn't have a virus. It's like the saviour. Right? People understand computers. This isn't Bible. This is the, this is the gospel of Apple Mac. Right? But they understood it. And by the time I finished, they're shaking my hands at the back of the church saying, thank you, we've never had it explained to us. And I'm thinking, don't want to explain it. I want you saved, you suckers. I want you saved. But I've never had the opportunity to say it so easy. And they're asking you. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. You see, Rachel's come to a point where she's received salvation. Danielle hasn't come to that point yet. That's why we can't baptize her. She has to grow up, and when she's old enough to make her own conscious choice, decision, based on her own understanding, and who knows what time that is, because we've got kids in the back room there at 10, 9, 8, come to that point, because he's deep in there, he's deep. And these kids are saying, I want to be baptized. And they can tell you why. They can tell you why they want to be baptized. Because they know there's an opportunity. Kids love the opportunity for swimming, don't they? <laughs> but we say, you're not swimming. You're in and out. It's like bath time. In, out. Shake it all about. So they've made it. The little one hasn't made a conscious decision yet. That's fine. That's why we're only dedicating. But mom and dad have made a conscious decision that my child will be raised in the way. But for Rachel, she's got to make, she's made a choice, but she'll continue making choices. Because though she chose the way, she's now got to keep making choices to stay in the way. Because if she doesn't, 
All she did was get wet. But you know what begins with us must not end with us. Let me say that again. What begins with us in our generation must not die, end, and finish with us. We are here to create legacy. We create what we know we pass on. What we, what we receive, we sow into. This is the Christian life, legacy. Today, we're going to hold a little one in our arms. She's today's future. She was created. Only, how old is she now? Seven months. Wow. Seven months. That's a nation changer. It's a nation changer. You've got to see the future in our children. Your future is transferred into them. I'm not saying what you did as a living, they're going to do. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about destiny. Changing an environment. Changing our society. Changing our nation, if possible. Changing the nations, if possible. And when we look at what 2 Timothy chapter 1, we see how important generational living thinking is. And we see in in the message of Timothy... Everyone heard of Timothy? Anybody not heard of Timothy? Timothy is a young man in the Bible who was one of the young apostles. And he came under the mentorship of the Apostle Paul. And he says, I've been reminded of your sincere faith, listen, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. And I'm persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Now, watch the dynamics here. What does grandma present? One generation. She's the first generation. Grandmother carried this message. She carried this belief. And then she transferred it into Lois. Lois is the second generation. So now grandmother... And daughter have got generational belief. There's legacy moving in the family. Amen? So you've gone from grandmother to the daughter. Now daughter has put it into Timothy. So now we have three generations. Three generations all in one verse. That's why grandmas are important. Nanas and grandmas are very, very important. They started the process. Amen? They were the ones who laid their hands. They were the ones who prayed for us. That's why we're here. They're the ones who kept talking and talking and steering and encouraging and motivating and keep believing in you when no one gave you a second thought. Excuse me. They kept believing in you. Yes? Everybody needs a grandma. Someone who can believe. Someone who can start the process. And then everybody needs a mother who can carry and teach the wisdom and what grandma taught them into Timothy. Now let's just say we can't all be grandmas here. We can't all be granddads here. But we might be a Lois. And we might be a Timothy. So you may not have had a grandmother who was a Christian. You might be the first generation. So you're not the grandma. Or the grandfather. So now the gospel gets inside you. 
It changes your life so much that you want to raise, talk to someone, encourage someone and share this life with them so that they can have what you've got. They can know the God that you know. They can touch the God that you've touched. Amen? Because there's a Timothy out there waiting to be influenced. And I'm believing Danielle is either a Timothy or she can be, a, in later on in life, she can become a grandma to somebody else to start the process off again. So that there'll always be a lineage, there'll always be a throne in this family and in that family, there'll always be a throne. Amen. There'll always be a legacy. Amen. The word will always be alive in that generation. In that, all I can do is influence my children. That's all I can do, but that's what I'm called to do. Teach the child in the way he should go. That's what my Bible instructs me. So there's a time and a season for every activity under heaven. And teaching and transferring what I know, what I've received, what I carry into my children or into others who who are receptive around me, that's the activity that gets heaven on your case. That's called doing the will of your father. So... Matthew says in chapter 28, verse 19, Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. So Jesus is making sure the legacy goes beyond just family. He's making sure that it goes to nations. So if every Christian is given the mandate to go and make disciples, to make disciples means you've got to transfer what you know. The one you know, not information, the one you know. If you don't know the one, then your information about somebody you think you know about isn't going to help. You need to know Christ. So Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, every tribe, every color, every creed, every tribe, every nation, go and baptize him in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Ghost. Today, Rachel is part of that process. Can you understand that? She's part of this process. That now, that which was written thousands of years ago is still going on today. She's met the same God who spoke it. She's met him. And now she's going to step in the water with confidence that the God who said... Go and make, go make disciples, baptize them. She can say, here I am, I'm one of them. I'm going to be baptized. So she's going to be baptized today. And then he says, and here's the key, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded, which is the promise. And surely I am with you to the end of the very age. That's Rachel's promise. And everybody else who gets baptized, and everybody else, you know, who who gets dedicated, starts the process. They must know that God is with them to the end of the age if they are following the process. If they are following the process. Legacy is such an important thing. And I love what Abraham Lincoln said. There's just one way to bring a child up. Just one way. You ready for this? There's just one way to bring a child in the way they should go. And that is travel that way yourself. Travel that way yourself. In other words, don't be an hypocrite. Travel the way. The way. The way. You see, many parents have got a lot of experience. Most of it's bad. So we say to our kids, don't do that. It's bad experience. Your dad did that. So the kid says, why should I not do it then if you did it? 
shouldn't I get a go? And the kid thinks it's smart because the kid thinks, well, dad made the mistake, but I won't because I'm smarter than dad. And sooner or later, the same trap, that trap father will trap the son. Is that not right? But if we can give our kids good experience, good wisdom, why wouldn't our children listen to us if they can see you've walked that way yourself? Yeah? The road that we we as parents and would-be baptizers is allowed to take is the one of discipleship. See, for Rachel, it's not just about her being baptized. It's about her becoming a disciple. Baptism is not an event on its own. It's part of discipleship. Now, when someone new comes into a church, they don't understand discipleship. They don't understand its importance. But you can always tell somebody who's not been baptized because they don't grow. Someone who's baptized... And which is part of discipleship. It's not an event on its own. It's a bigger part. It's a teaching them to become my disciples. Baptizing them. Learning to obey. See, there's not just one act. There's a process. So as she learns to obey, she'll know discipleship and she'll come to learn the value of discipleship. Now, at, the mo- at this moment, this little one is under the discipleship of her parents. That's class one. And mom and dad will teach her the boundaries. They'll teach them laws. They'll teach them rules. They'll teach them all kinds of things. Because that's the first lesson of discipleship. And what, one of the lessons of discipleship is discipline. Discipline is a major part of discipleship. And the little one will find out the rules very quickly. Because the wrath of mom and dad will be upon her at some stage in her life. Daniel, No. Got to do it with the finger. No. But it's important. To be baptized means you have to be taught as a little child. You have to become a child not thinking that you know more than anybody. Your opinion doesn't count in discipleship. Jesus Christ's opinion and his word is the highest form of authority. But I've got an opinion, you've got an opinion, we've got an opinion, we've all got an opinion. Who are? Don't mean nothing. We live, we're learning to live by God's word. That's his opinion. So to be baptized means we have to be discipled, we have to be disciplined, we have to learn. We have to, what we're learning? The ways of Christ. The life of Christ. Once you become obedient, the Bible says, God can begin to use you. God can't use disobedience. Do you know what I know? I tried it. I tried it for many years. Doing it my way. Doing it the Elvis Presley way. My way. And it didn't work. So in Acts chapter 8 verse 28. And on his way. Home sitting. In his chariot. Reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip. Go to that chariot and stay near it. Listen to this. Philip ran up to the chariot and he heard a man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked him. And the Ethiopian turned around and said, How can I, I said, unless someone explains it to me? Ah. So listen to what he said. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. 
The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture from Isaiah. It said, he was led like a sheep to the slaughter and to the lamb before his shearers in silence. So he didn't open his mouth and in his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. So the, the Ethiopian says to Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture, and he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, here is water, why shouldn't I be baptized? So he's had a revelation of himself needs to be baptized. There was a message he didn't understand, and there was a message he could never understand unless somebody explained it to him. Now, receiving Jesus Christ as your personal saviour is only one revelation you need. People often say, you don't have to go to church to become a Christian. How many have ever heard that? We've all said it at some point. And I would say, absolutely right. You can become a Christian anywhere. He became a Christian in a chariot. He wasn't in church. So the answer is part A and part B. Part A, absolutely right. Part B, you cannot grow as a Christian if you don't get connected to a church. So to become one is one thing, but to remain one and grow as one is another. So most people only go to church, and this is when I had my conversation with the two engineers. I said, are you a three-wheel Christian? He said, what's one of them? I said, somebody goes to church on births, deaths, and marriages. They wheel you in and you're wheeled out again. That's the only time you ever go to a church. But everyone calls them, well, I'm a Christian. It means they're Christian because they're not either a Muslim, they're not either a Jew, or they're not a Catholic or whatever their idea of a Christian is. So I says to them, really help you if you got rid of the brand. Get rid of the badge. I said, you know, the Bible says this. It had... Two types of people in the, in the Bible, Jew and Gentile. He said, in fact, it had sinners and believers. And then it had forgive, those who have been forgiven and those who haven't. I said, which one are you? Oh, never heard it like that. I said, it's not about whether you're a Catholic or Protestant. The issue is you've missed the mark of God and now you've got a virus. It's called sin. Now, who's going to take it away from you? Only Jesus Christ. And I read in the scripture. No man can go to the Father unless he first comes through the Son. It was glorious. <laughs> it's the same for you. Don't get caught up in the badges. I'm, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Protestant. I'm not sure what I am. Are you for Christ? And if you're for Christ, have you surrendered your life to him and given your life to him and let him come into your life and clear up your life? Follow him. Let him become your Lord, your Savior, the Christ. If that's yes, hey, you're ready for the next stage. Water. Amen? So, Tom, uh, so Thomas says in John chapter 14, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how, how can we know the way? Jesus says to him, hey, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Wow. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know that I, my Father as well, from now on, you do not know him because you've not seen him. 
From now on, you do not know him and have not seen him. Jesus, like Abraham Lincoln, decided that he would show the way, walk the way, become the way, live the way, so that others could follow. Jesus just didn't do and thought to himself, well, I'll walk this way because it's good. No, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And he's telling the world, walk in the way that I've walked. Walk in the way that I first came on the earth and I showed you how to walk. I'm not asking you to do something that I didn't do. Amen? So, because he's traveled that way, he can invite us on that way. Because he's done that, he can invite us on that way. He's not an hypocrite. He's walked that way for us. Amen? You know, most people teach what they know, don't they? But only a few people reproduce who they really are. That's legacy. Reproduce who you are. You see, I and my father are one. That's Jesus saying. Me, the Father, the Holy Ghost, we're one. So Jesus has the ability to create and make what they are in you. Do you understand that? He has that ability. He's got life. He's got eternal life. He has that ability to give you eternal life. He has that ability. Why? Because that's who he is. That's his nature. I like what Pericles said. What you leave behind is not what's engraved in a stone monument. But what is woven into the lives of others? So what is your Christianity going to weave into other people's lives? Well, Judges chapter 13 verse 3 says this, and now I refer to Daniel. The angel of the Lord appeared, and, uh, appeared to her and said, You are sterile and childless, but you're going to conceive and have a son. Now see to it that you don't drink no wine and other fermented drinks and that you don't eat anything unclean because you will conceive and give birth to a son. No razor may be used on his head because the boy is to be a Nazarite set apart to God from birth and he will begin the deliverance of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. See, that's destiny right there. Then the woman went to her husband. So we'll put this in the context of Zientembe. Then... Tembi went to her husband, Z, and told him, a man of God came to me, and he looked like an angel of God. His name was Pastor Tony. No, he wasn't Pastor Tony. He said he's very awesome. Well, he could be. I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name. What are you doing talking to strangers then? But he said to me, you will conceive and give birth to a son. That's called prophetic destiny. Only God knows what they could and couldn't have. So God announces it before they've even made a child. And he announces it. Then he says, now drink no wine or fermented drinks. So he repeats the same thing again. Because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from birth until the day of his death. Then, then September said, she prayed to the Lord. Oh Lord, listen, I beg you, let the man of God you sent come to us again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. Their parents do not have a clue how to bring up the child. So legacy is potentially threatened right there. Potentially, the destiny that's spoken can be killed because the parents don't know how to bring the child up. Is that not fair to say? 
Because what we often say is when we're raising children, there's no manual for this. We just make it up as we go along. But there is a manual. There is a manual. No, the manual doesn't tell you how to change babies' backsides. The manual doesn't tell you when to feed them, how to feed them. It doesn't tell you about colic. It doesn't tell you they're going to scream in the middle. Of that. That's called human experience. Yeah? When it cries, something's wrong. To a point. When they're 17 years of age and they're still crying, they need a wang. It's a different. It's a different kind of cry. They never stop crying. You just learn to know the tone. The difference in the tone. But the issue is this. If you don't know how to bring your children up, legacy is completely, potentially jeopardized. There's only one way to bring a child up, said Abraham Lincoln. Travel that way yourself. So if Z and Tembi are traveling this way, the way of the truth, the life, then what, are the, what is the chances of that legacy remaining online? It's a very high percentage. So the interesting thing is God, because he deposited something, he said they both realized they did not have what it takes to raise this child up and keep it in line with prophetic destiny. True? So what they'll do is, they'll pray more, they'll read the word, they'll gather around other people who know a few things, they'll read more, they'll pray more, they'll talk to other people who's got wisdom. Why? Because they'll make sure that whatever it takes, they will get hold of it. So make sure Danielle has a future. See, we can go two ways. We can make sure our children have got a nice life, school educated well. We can make sure that it looks after, but it's a future we're trying to create, an eternal future. So the prophetic word, God is so kind, he releases words from heaven. And what he's saying is, son, the devil will want you, but I'm letting you know heaven's getting the first call. And God puts a, a word down to let the child know it's got destiny. And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to lay a word down in Daniel's life to let her know she's got destiny. Amen. 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 So heaven's getting first call on her. Amen. Because there'll be a lot of influences in her life trying to take her down a path and destroy the generational legacy. So grandmother, Lois, now Timothy. Now Timothy is in the arms. Now Lois and um, Eunice needed an apostle Paul. To take Timothy to his final destination. Their job is to raise her. It'll be the church. The pastor, whoever the pastor is, she's under at that time. It'll be their, their job is to take her to her ultimate place of destiny. Their job is to make sure they connect with an apostle Paul. Hello? So that even though Eunice and, and uh, I keep forgetting the name, Lois, were connected and Timothy they still needed an apostle, Paul, in the life. Someone who can show them the ways of God. Someone who can, who can unlock the destiny. And it's the same with Rachel. If Rachel just gets baptized, she needs an apostle, Paul, in her life. Someone who can help her to fulfill all that God is going to do in her life. It just won't come them singing, come by armor, Lord. They can count the toes under the bed sheets. It, nothing is going to change. Connections, what change things? Amen? So here we have, the parents didn't know how to raise their kid or their child. But destiny was on the child's life. 
Amen? But they had no patterns for how to raise the child godly. Do you know, it's so, it's so true today. So many parents in church around the world still don't know how to raise their kids godly. They bring them, on, they bring them to church and they let the church, they think by bringing the kid to church, the kid will become a Christian. Said who? Your responsibility, your child. The church here does all it can in the time frame we have. It's deep in there. I'm telling you, you think it, it, we're not messing around. It's deep. Those kids know things that some adults don't know. It's deep. Why? Because we're making sure the legacy starts. And if you don't want to raise your kids, give them us, we'll raise them. Seriously, spiritually I'm on about. If you, got, if you haven't got what it takes to take them somewhere in God, we have. Because we're determined to cross the generations into Christ's destiny. Read that there before you. I challenge everyone to read the church we see before you go home today. That will show you where our heart is as a church. Multi-generations. Rachel's been given destiny. She just doesn't know it yet. You just don't know it yet. You've not received prophetic word, but when God begins to speak his prophetic word, it makes sense of your past, your present, and your future. The issue is not whether you found God, it's well, now will you let God get hold of you. That's the key thing. Because when you were lost, he found you. Now you're found. Your job now is to pursue. Pursue what you found. You think, well, why do I need to pursue it if I found? Because God says, follow me, follow me. So you need to pursue. Afterwards, when we finish there, you'll all automatically will be led by your nose. You'll know where the table is. You'll know where the table is. You'll smell it. You'll think, oh, I have a revelation of where the table is. You could blindfold you, but you'll find that table. She's got to learn. Even the little one's got to learn. There's going to come a point when they're going to have to blindly follow and trust and develop new senses. Faith is not what you see. Faith is in who you believe and what he said. Amen? So, how many of you believe? Well, I'm going to read you this now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set, listen, eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So we're going to set destiny in the heart of this little one. But she can't understand at this point in her life what's been sown. Rachel's just come onto the, the scene now where she's learned to trust God. She believes in God. But she still doesn't know a lot about the one that she's, she proclaims. It's okay. That's the call the beginning. It's called the beginning. Because there's so much you never stop learning about God. You never stop. I've been a Christian 30 odd years. I'm still learning. And when I listen to somebody else, I think, how little do I know? It's not about learning. It's not about knowing. It's about having a relationship and knowing the person. It's not about formation. Lord, free us from that. I need to know Christ because he's the one I'm following. Amen? I'm not following rules, regulations, traditions. I'm following a person. Why? Because I'm in love with a person. 
He set eternity in our hearts, but some people cannot fathom out what God has created. Maybe you're in here this morning. God has, given, God has said he's put eternity in everyone's hearts, not just in Christians' hearts, but in everyone's heart. There is eternity. It's up to you to try and find out what that eternity is. Is your eternity going to be ultimate separation from God, or is it going to be with the Father? God has put eternity in every person's life. That's what causes men to go and look, listen, for clairvoyance, tarot card readers, seances. That's why people go to find those things because they know there's something more, but they don't know what. They don't know where, when, who. They cannot fathom out what the creator has put in them. So they'll try and they'll experiment, but they'll sow themselves into slavery going down that way. Because they'll, they'll listen, these guys will tell you what you want to hear. No one's going to tell you you're going to have eternal separation from God. There's a way that seems right to man. But the Bible says in the end it leads to death. Why? Because there's that way and then there's I am the way. Only Jesus could say I am the way. See, when people turn around and say to you, there's many ways to God. No, there isn't. Well, that's just your opinion. Okay, it's my opinion. But my opinion is based on what Jesus Christ said. I am the way. No other God died for your sin. No other God. Buddha didn't. No one did. Allah didn't. Jesus Christ did. He laid down his life for you. So you can have eternal life. He's the only one who promises you eternal life if you follow him. He who endures today is the only one who laid down his own life. All the others say, just believe me and I'll give it to you. But he actually demonstrated his love for you. He did something to prove to you that he is the way, the truth, the life. Not only did he lay his life down, but he took it back up again, defeating death. So that's why he can offer you eternal life, because he is the one who is, he orchestrated life and death. No other God died for you. No other God. And that's why I can confidently stand behind here today and say... He is the way. I found him to be the way. Amen. He is the truth. I have found him to be the truth. He is the life. I have found him to be the life. You say, well, that's your life. Well, absolutely. But he's, he wants your life as well. But it's your choice. So as we're coming to the end, Jeremiah, last scripture. We're out of here. Jeremiah, this is a young baby, just like Daniel. Oh, he's a boy, actually. He's not a baby, sorry. This is the God. Look, look how far God goes back. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, he says, Before I form you in the womb. So before mum and dad have had their moment. Okay? Before mum and dad had their moment, God thought about you. So just when Samson's mum and dad couldn't have a baby, God thought about Samson. So finding a vehicle on the earth is not hard. Because whatever the blockage is on the earth, God can reverse. Hello? As long as you're human, flesh and blood, God only has to speak and you'll be healed. And after we're going to pray for this little one. Because his destiny is going to come online. We're investing heaven into this little one. We're investing heaven into Rachel's life. Amen? 
We believe this thing. We believe it. He said, before I formed you in the womb, before I knew you, before you were born, I set you apart. This is God. You think, nobody loves me. Yes, they do. Hey, go for it. Before, before, before. Look how far he goes back. Before anything. Well, you don't know my situation. Before the situation. Well, if he loved me, why didn't he let me go through that? Because the fact that you're here is proof that he still has need for you and love for you. You made it. How many didn't make it? But you're here. Thank God you're here. So before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Wow. You ready for this, Rachel? He appointed, he appointed him to be a prophet over the nations. Wow. This is a young kid. God has already set the destiny. You're going to be a prophet to nations. Wow. Then he says this. Ah, sovereign Lord, he says. I said, I don't know how to speak. The Lord says, and this is what he says. I'm only a child. But the Lord says to him, don't say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you to. Rachel, get ready to be sent. You listen to me? I'm getting the line. Get ready to be sent. You're going to go everywhere that he sends you and you're going to say everything. Like, come on, so you've got full view on me now. <laughs> right? No obstacles. Get ready for, for the Holy Spirit to send you where you don't want to go. And say the things you don't want to say. But you'll know when you say it, you think, I'm so glad I heard God. And I said it. And you'll begin to see how God can use your life. Amen? I know you don't understand it at this point in time. I'm letting you know ahead of time. I'm putting the chips down on the table. So when we come back, I can say, do you remember when we told you? This is that. Okay? There's no need to be frightened. Why? Because none of us look frightened, do we? You might get a bit freaked out when he sends you to some of those places, like, but... Don't say I'm only a child. Don't say I'm only a beginner. Don't say I've just been baptized. Don't say, don't say. Learn to say, but also learn what not to say. Okay? You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I commend you. Don't be afraid of them. You watching me? Don't be afraid of them. Okay? For I am with you and I will rescue you. Amen? Know that your heavenly father is always going to be with you. And he'll always rescue you. He's rescued you this far and he'll continue to rescue you. Why? Because he wants you to know him as, his hev- as your heavenly father. Not just as your savior, but as a father. Amen? Daniel's going to have the same encounter. Okay? And he says, for I'm with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord touched, sorry, the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. Yeah. So see today, he says, I appoint you over nations, kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, to overthrow, to build and to plant. And the word of the Lord came to me and it's come to you, Rachel, and it's coming to Daniel. What do you see? Because what you've heard will determine what you see. Well, God can't use me. I'm just this. I'm just that. Well, he can. He's just told you he wants to use you. Your background is not an issue. Not an issue. I'm stood here. That's proof. My background. 
It's not what, it's what God does with your background. Cleans it up, polishes it, and puts you, and you look back and you think, God, how can you use a scuffer like me? God says, that's why I'm God. I love to take the biggest challenges on. Danielle, well, you don't know what she was like as a baby. God says, it's okay. That's why I let you raise them. I wait until she's ready. I'll begin to use her. You'll be surprised what age God can use a person. Let's stand to our feet. You'll be surprised what age God can use someone. I said you'd be surprised. I just want to give you an opportunity to, to meet Jesus Christ this morning. There are many people in here that don't know. I do not want to assume or presume that everybody knows what I know. Do not want to assume that everybody has met the person I've met and in relationship with. So God has set eternity in our hearts. I just want you to close your eyes if you will. Just hear what I'm saying now. God has set eternity in our hearts. But man cannot fathom out what God has done. Maybe you've been trying to fathom out what God started. Well, here today, God has waited and he's engineered it so that you would be in a place to hear this message and to receive the Christ that Rachel has received. To receive an impartation of which Danielle is going to receive. Maybe you've waited for this moment and this morning, God has been so merciful to bring you into a place where you can hear this message and receive salvation. Jesus Christ said, I am the way. There's no other way. I'm just the way. There's, no, there's many types of life, but I'm the life. If that's what you want this morning, I just want you, as we're all, all our heads are bowed, no one's looking at you. No one's looking at you, only heaven. And as you're bowing your head this, this morning and you want Jesus Christ, I just want you to just let me know, slip your hand up and then put it down again. No one's going to embarrass you. But I really want to take this opportunity to give you Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, the life. You've been looking for eternity. You've been looking for a father, heavenly father. You've been looking and looking and looking. And today, Lord says, I've seen the searching in your heart. Your search comes to an end today. I am the way, the truth, the life. So as we're praying this morning, concluding just simply slip your hand up if that's what you want and i'm going we're going to pray for you no one's going to know just me and the holy ghost i'm not going to keep this open long father in the name of jesus what you've started today continue what you've started in the spirit today continue thank you for the opportunity to preach the gospel Thank you for the opportunity to encourage. Thank you for the opportunity to enlarge people's hearts. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light to our path. Holy Spirit, right now, just come and seal our hearts. Convict us, convince us, touch us. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen.